What's up, everybody? It's me, Thomas Miller, from the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast and proud member of Coda Capper's Sports Gambling Network. Gabacho Borracho is honored to be sponsored by Betcoda Sportsbook. Betcoda Sportsbook is a South Dakota-owned and operated sportsbook located in the Midnight Star Casino in Deadwood, South Dakota, serving customers in the state. As you enter the Midnight Star, you are swept into the past with a grand staircase, stunning woodwork, and the elegance of a chandelier. They offer the best lines in Deadwood. So stop by and mention the Coda Capper Sports Gambling Network to receive a free Bet Coda t-shirt. Guys, I've seen these t-shirts, and it's, you know, knowing that I could get one for free, it's making me want to drive there right now. Do I live six hours away? Yes, I do. But it's worth it. So make sure to swing by. Mention Coda Sports Gambling Network, and you will receive one of these sweet free t-shirts, Bet Coda t-shirts. As always, play responsibly, must be 21 years or older to wager. Gambling problems or concerns? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now back to the show. What up, y'all? You're listening to the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk Podcast with your hosts, Thomas Miller and Corey Adair. Your go-to podcast for gambling on soccer and hot, hot, hot U.S. men's national team takes. Take it away. Go, go, USA! Gratefully claims it. Distribution. Brilliant. Landon Donovan. Or things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Certainly through. All right, and welcome to the next episode of the Gabacho Borracho U.S. Soccer Talk podcast. As always, it is Corey Adair at DJ Corfo 7, and I am here with Dan Angel at Dan Angel 11 and Thomas Miller at Don Thomas Miller. How are we doing today, guys? Uh, about as well as can be expected after um, Union's rough fun end of the week. I was going to spare you. I wasn't going to say anything. I mean, there's no point in that. No, it, I mean, there. you had... You had legitimate hope, and like they say in Ted Lasso, it's the hope that kills you. I mean, it's not really um, it's not really the hope that um killed us. It was having to play Ajax and Bayern in the same week that killed us. Yeah, yeah. I I just mean that if if you had gotten the result that you you had already gotten earlier in your match against uh against uh Munich, yeah, but it was on the road, and this one was at home then I would have expected it. I would have fully have expected a different result. I don't know if you get a point out of that still, but right. I would have expected a different result. Right. It was just that there was too many of the cards stacked against you mm-hmm. in the series of events, but with their current form, you still had legitimate hope. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, it, it truly reminded me of that very first Big Ten game against Wisconsin. Go up 14 nothing. And we really think that we're going to start off our Big Ten record at 1-0, you know. And then Russell Wilson and Melvin Gordon and the whole ordeal happens, and we lose like 41-14. to 14. It, it, right. it kind of reminds me of that, where you go into it, you feel, you know, fully live and, and full of hope, and this can really happen, and then just kick in the nuts. <laughs> I mean, 
the thing is, like, I like even when it was on the first few minutes, like, I just kind of knew. Even during that first half hour when it was some nil-nil, I just knew that it just wasn't going to work. Oh, dude, yeah, because you're you're in the defensive third. Everybody was playing lights out, and Bayern was getting so many quality opportunities. I mean, mm-hmm. and opportunities where it took the perfect play for the defense to prevent it from going in. Yep. And at a certain point, I started thinking that same thing, too, around the 20th minute, 25th minute. I'm like, man, I don't. You can't keep this up for 90 minutes. Yeah. Like blocking point blank shots with the heel of your foot. Really, really around like probably the 10th, 10th to the 15th minute. I just knew like this is not going to happen. And I'm not that surprised. Um, is Bayern is still Bayern. Like the fact, I mean, the fact that we're still in position to make the Champions League is still amazing. Oh, dude, and it's not like Bayern has been in amazing form as, this, as the, the entirety of this season anyway. So there's nothing well, There's nothing to say that they don't drop some matches on the road that they shouldn't drop, and you're right there in the hunt. And the problem there is, you know, who has been amazing lately is Dortmund. Dortmund, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I didn't even know that it was 0-0 after 30 minutes, to be honest. I saw yeah. the 3-0 halftime line. Yeah, no, Bayern just did what, what they're capable of. Like, yeah. When Bayern wants to be the only Bayern wants to be on the only teams that can take them in Germany are Dortmund and Gladbach. Yeah, dude. And even though it was 0-0 after 30, from like the 15th, 20th minute to that 30th minute, there were at least two or three different times yep. where it took one person sticking their foot out behind their back to yeah. block the shot. Like yeah. it was it was it was lights. I mean, I mean Union's defense played an A plus game. Mm-hmm. For thirty minutes, yeah. I mean, it was it was basically the equivalent of a twelve seed going up against a one in the Sweet Sixteen. Like you've done great to get that far. You're playing against the best, and you need to play an absolute perfect game for it to work. Unless you got a man named Ali Farukmanesh on your side. Well, they were a nine. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in soccer, sometimes you do see the that a team will dominate like that. If they can hold them to halftime draw zero, zero, then you have time to make adjustments. And then especially with the five subs, Mm -hmm. modern day soccer, like, and I mean, mean, Fisher, Fisher is so excellent at what he does that. I thought if we could have gotten to one nil on at halftime, like just kept it there, then there might've been a sliver of hope. But once the second goal went in, it's like, yeah, it's over. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't like the way that the feel like the 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 feel of the game was going when you got when you started PFOC the way you did and you couldn't keep any possession. Yep. The only opportunities that you were going to create were out of counterattacks, and he's not gonna give you as many goals out of counterattack opportunities as he is out of set pieces and possession opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I feel like he would have been better if he would have came off the bench in say the 60th minute. And maybe you go with a smaller, more athletic front three. Yeah. But, but again, you weren't getting the ball away from him anyway. So correct. Yep. That probably kind of goes back to the conversation we had last week where you look at what they started with Thursday, which was super effective, different starting three front three. So, I mean, uh, maybe they are putting more emphasis on um, advancing through the Europa League. Maybe. I mean, or maybe they thought it was as a match day 22 when you have a. Uh, 34 match days and it wasn't going to be a make or break sort of situation which is fair i mean hey 
maybe this is maybe this was their equivalent to when you draft a fantasy football team and you end up in round six and you've already got three guys with a week te- uh, week ten by week and you just say screw it and you just sacrifice week ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Now, how how you doing, Tom? That that you know. We... <laughs> <laughs> doing you good. Doing? doing good. Doing good. I'm excited today as we record is March second, twenty twenty three, which means March Madness has officially started. Pretty psyched. Well, Caitlin Clark started already, really. Yeah, she started it. Iowa men team actually started it the day before. That was impressive. Mm-hmm. The baseball team, which I've heard is a product of the Big Ten Network, also beat are. number one LSU. Because they are. Yeah, I don't understand that statement. Uh, but No, it's, it's point blank. It's before the Big Ten Network. They didn't even have a scholarship program. Big yeah, Ten they did. Yes, they, they had a scholarship program. When, when did the scholarship start? All right, let's look it up. While we so look at Dan, up, who doesn't understand what we're talking about, Court, when Iowa beat LSU, number one ranked team in baseball this Saturday, this past Saturday, he, he makes the claim that Iowa did not have a scholarship baseball program before the Big Ten Network. That seems unlikely. That seems pretty unlikely. Okay, well, maybe I don't know if it was scholar. I don't know what it was. I just know that we always played preseason against you guys because the the game because they weren't in the Big Twelve. That's why it's no not because preseason. Technically, it's not no, no, I'm talking like exhibition. We played exhibition games against you. No, I don't think that's right. From middle school up to early high school, they were exhibition games. They weren't like and 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 and, ba- and college baseball. It's different for that first month of the season. You'll play teams that don't technically count. Yeah, I would just play Loras. There you go. But uh, no, I'm I'm almost positive, and I believe Iowa. I'm gonna say I don't know when it was. I don't know when it was. I just know I know that Iowa baseball gets a lot more attention because of Big Ten Network, as does uh, the Nebraska volleyball. No, mm, that's a stretch. That is, okay, you, you that, got the wrong program. It's true. It's true though. It's true. No, no. you could have said no. men's basketball. You, you could. could I could that, say, dude. I could say college football. Be, because before joining the Big Ten, you guys are putting paper, you guys are putting non-conference games on pay-per-view for $39.99. Honestly, you probably could have picked any program besides volleyball, and that might have worked. Volleyball, not so much. No, even even football is an asinine argument to make. So what we had to do two pay-per-view games a year. Oklahoma. Yeah, you did pay-per-view games. So the Big Ten network has helped you as a program. Oklahoma still does pay-per-view games every year, and more people watch that no, shit don't. than they watch Iowa games. Oklahoma does not do pay-per-view games. Yes, they do. No, they do not. Yeah, if it's against somebody really bad, like a one one AA school, FCS school, it will be on pay-per-view. No, it will not. It will be it, at the worst. It'd be on the regional. Fox Dude, Sports PG Sports. literally told me this when we went to the Oklahoma Nebraska game that they still do it occasionally in football. Yes. In college football, men's it's football. A big guys, thing. guys, we can look this up in a matter of two minutes. It's a Big 12 thing because they don't have their own network. But, right. dude, I guarantee you having Nebraska McNeese State on Big 10 network doesn't do that much better for the football program. So 1972, Iowa baseball went to the College World Series. They've twice hosted an NCAA regional, 1975. And, sorry, three times, 1990. 1975. Those were both before the Big Ten Network. Since the Big Ten Network, they did make it to two NCA regional. Okay, so, so I was wrong. They did have scholarships back then. I just nobody knows anything about Iowa baseball. It doesn't oh, matter oh, if oh, you don't know anything about Iowa baseball to say like, oh, that win doesn't. Count. The Big Ten I do. Think, blah, 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 I do blah, blah, think blah. Iowa has more visibility because of the Big Ten Network. 
Absolutely. As as- if you're a player, you would go to a, to a school that's on the SEC network, it's on the Big Ten network, where your games are more games are going to be on that. In some sports, yeah. In some sports, that doesn't really matter. I mean, Iowa baseball has, I'm sure they've been helped by the Big Ten network, but they're still not getting better players than the likes of, say, Dallas Baptist. Yeah, Dallas Baptist will have Because Dallas, Dallas Baptist is a national baseball power, and no Big Ten school is. True. And Oklahoma did have pay-per-view football up until this year. Ha! Oklahoma Oklahoma signed a deal with um, ESPN Plus to um, take their um, pay-per-view game off of pay-per-view and put it on ESPN Plus. Dude, that that's a point for me. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's a point. That's a, this year they didn't do pay-per-view. They literally did it last year. Be- not not it, last year. Two years ago. Twenty twenty two. Last year. Twenty twenty two was the first year they didn't do it. So twenty twenty one. Yes, twenty twenty one. They had. Oh. Let's see. Whatever. Close enough. It's not like it's ancient history. It's not like it's been gone since Nebraska joined the Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. They put their game with Western Carolina on, hmm. and they won that game seventy six to nothing. So I doubt there weren't too many people. I doubt there were too many people bothering to pay. I, in all honesty, too, that yeah, wasn't really? that wasn't as. That, yes, I hate Iowa. Like Jesus Christ. Of course, I hate Iowa. Like let's get over it. I'm also saying that the Big Ten Network has done a ton for Big Ten baseball in general because Big Ten baseball sucks. It well, yeah. sucks. I mean, there's not really much you can do with a cold weather location in a sport that is based around um, nice weather. Yeah, I, I don't. I honestly don't know if Nebraska is ever going to make the College World Series again now that they're in the Big Ten. Personally, yeah. But I, it, <laughs> yes, it is a specific shot at Iowa, but it's also more shot at the Big Ten about Nebraska by baseball team. Becoming a shit fucking baseball. No, I mean, it's just there, there's no, it's you iron sharpens iron. Like, yeah, but I mean, not, there's, I don't know. If we're it not will, playing, it the will Texas, be interesting. One thing that will be interesting there is to see what happens to UCLA baseball. Good point. Oh, dude, very good point. And UCLA, and if, we, if we add more Pac 12 schools in general. Yeah. I know we won't add Oregon State, but that would be super interesting. Yes, it would be for two <laughs> sports anyway. God, basketball mess. I'm just saying I'm saying that the level of competition in the Big Ten isn't going to help Nebraska rise up when it comes to tournament time. No, it won't. Playing a top five Texas team, playing a good Oklahoma team, those type of matchups, they 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 make you better. Hell, even playing what Missouri used to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. so all three teams you guys have said are about to no longer be in the Big Ten. Well, well one hasn't we'll go been to in the Big for a decade. We'll go to Baylor, I guess, TCU. But like Dan said, Dallas Baptist. Yeah, Dallas Baptist. Yeah, Dallas Baptist. Yeah, they, they're like a top baseball. Yeah. Louisiana Tech, something like that. In Rice. the South. Isn't Rice in the South? Yeah, Rice is in, in Houston. Houston. Oh, that's a baseball power. Yeah. Yeah. Vanderbilt Vanderbilt is a powerhouse. LSU is. Yeah. I mean, number much, one in the nation. Much everyone in the S- in the, oh. like, the SEC and the ACC. They lost 12 to 4 to uh, uh, who? Who did LSU? <laughs> they're not going to be number one anymore. <laughs> no, they, they stayed number one. They literally stayed number one. Well, did they update the rankings? Because usually, yes, they did. They it, ba- baseball is not treated like motherfucking indoor track. True, game. true. I mean, baseball, the worst team beats the best team, like um, like one out of um twenty. Whereas basketball, it's like one out of two hundred. Yeah, anything can happen. Like you, you get the right pitching. Hell, baseball and softball. Softball, Virginia Tech managed to beat the U.S. some women's nationals. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Yeah, Angela. That Tinker should not be a thing. The game, it was like the time the whoever used to play the Globetrotters or that thing. It 
I mean, Virginia Tech was not exactly the Washington Generals, but <laughs> yeah. But yes, I'm I'm pretty sure the U.S. women the U.S. women's softball team's only loss in like a um decade span there was actually to a college team. That's that's pretty wild. That's like the story of the U.S. win women's national team soccer losing allegedly to like a under 15 Dallas F- uh, FC Dallas so I'm under 15 <laughs> boys team yeah which maybe happened who knows um I'm pretty it's I'm like... pretty sure that did happen <laughs> yeah that's pretty wild yeah yeah I mean so that's just some good talking points about the Big Ten Network and... <laughs> I can't wait I can't wait to go watch Iowa play in Omaha this year I can't I can't wait I can't wait for Iowa Indiana three which I hope we get women's Indiana yes okay because yeah. uh, the uh, the men's too. I mean, Woodson, no, the, the men, Woodson and the McCaffrey men, hate each other. Which is the of... men's. I don't really care that much about Dom. I like Iowa and Indiana men are good, but that's not compelling. Um, Iowa was like that was an yeah. outstanding game. Yeah, even the uh, Iowa's got to get through Maryland first. Yeah, in the what's it called? Assembly field. Assembly hall. Assembly hall. Yeah, uh, the first matchup. I think it was like mm-hmm. the first sellout. Indiana's yeah. women's. Yeah, that, that's pretty. That's been pretty crazy watching Indiana turn into a women's power. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like uh, other teams. You know, kind of coming mm-hmm. along with it. Ohio State's always kind of been there a little bit. Yeah, well, it's like when it's like when Mississippi State and South Carolina got good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where. Yeah, the women's game is growing rapidly, and it's fun to watch. And and to bring it back to the sport that we are supposed to um have as our main focus, <laughs> in the N- the NWSL is becoming um a very solid league. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was I gonna say about? Yeah, I mean, okay. I I was gonna say one more thing about women's college basketball. It's like it's not what like maybe like a like machismo mindset or whatever kind of mindset would think it is or what it used to be maybe with like bounce passes and and layups and stuff i mean Mm -hmm. a lot of these like gals have amazing range especially as shooters you know oh yeah it's like equivalent to the men's game probably better in in a lot of fundamentals shooting range Mm mid-range jump shots you know it's not just the physical overpowering but then you see then you see like there are a lot of like really good centers and power yeah, as well absolutely yeah. yeah i love watching women's basketball i just hate the four quarter setup i really do that's the one that's my one criticism of women's basketball all right like we could get into that like what is it that you know because i don't know it's just like i just like i just think two halves is cleaner it's cleaner the the four whatever tv timeouts right yeah 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 i mean yeah I do like that. And, and that's a very mild criticism. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not enough to stop me from watching women's basketball. Yep. You know, one thing they do that I do like, uh, they advance on, uh, uh, no movement timeouts and stuff. I, I think that, I think that can help. It eliminates yeah. like the Christian Leitner moment, like that one moment or that, uh, Bryce drew, maybe you guys are old enough for mm-hmm. the, the first round NCAA tournament. They threw it to half court. He tipped, they tipped Valparaiso. It was Valparaiso, yeah, Valparaiso against Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. That was like 98, 99. 98, yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I like, I like advancing the, the ball mm-hmm. kind of European thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, Leitner, it was like, that was just a magical play. Could, yeah. that, could that still be the residual sexism, though, from old high school women's basketball rules? Six and six. That they're, that they're, <laughs> that they're not capable of throwing it that far? Jeez. Oh, it could be. No, I mean, I I, dude, so. I'm, I'm, I mean, I it still blows my mind what 
high school women's basketball rules were up until oh, I know. up until 30 years ago. So this idea that they have to advance it by dribbling, it almost feels like like, hey, we're gonna let you play the game, but you're still at this level. So here's some special rules that only apply to you. That's not that's right. not a special rule. That's an international rule. It's an NBA rule. If there's a, a rebound on a free throw in the NBA and they call timeout for moving, they move it. Same thing international. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just and just, and the women and the women were actually beat the men to adopting a thirty second shot clock. Right. 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 Which I like too. Yeah. 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 Could be less, maybe. No, don't go less. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to watch NBA basketball. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who doesn't want to watch Texas State beating Old Dominion 30, 62 to thirty one? God. Jesus well, Christ. Sounds like, like a monarchs. <laughs> sounds like a solid bet, Thomas. Yeah, it was a great bet. I mean, I didn't know they're gonna wear their all whites. I thought they're gonna wear the baby blue. Man, Jesus. Wow. 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 Uh, Sun belt basketball. Yeah. Some of the best. All right. Should we get to the soccer? At some point. <laughs> Man, let's skip soccer. <laughs> Thomas is just honoring today. I'm honoring. I want to talk more about college baseball. <laughs> oh, I like the pitch clock. I like it. It's going to be good. I don't know if you guys have Okay. So we'll, we'll save. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we, maybe we'll talk about my talking point or not. But Thomas just brought up the pitch clock. It's been a hot button topic in sports. You know, I've seen plenty of stuff on social media. There's been plenty of stuff in the group chat. Uh, it feels like it feels like the people that loved baseball already and watched it regardless hate the pitch clock. Hate it in general. I'm generalizing mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, and I it feels like the people that were sideline fans in general enjoy this pitch clock idea. Um, we could talk about the pitch clock if we want to in specific, just it by itself a little bit. But mm-hmm. I do want to translate that or I'll interpret that into some stuff related to soccer as well. Um, do you guys want to give your takes on the on the pitch clock in baseball? Because I, I know this has been a big talking thing lately. I would I would just say like what, what you're saying, I think there's a there's a lot of purists or whatever that I mean, there is there is some blowback. But I think there's a lot of purists that have not liked that uh, uh, TV ratings, that it's no longer America's pastime, that everybody likes American football. They've been wanting something like this. There's a ton, ton of videos that you can find on Twitter, on TikTok, on YouTube right now, where they will show an entire inning happening in spring training versus one pitch happening on like a wild, wild card playoff from a couple years ago. Oh, dude, and real quick, real quick, real quick. Sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, it feels too like that that purest thing that you're talking about right there. It yeah. the college football had that same type of thing where the purists hated the idea of a playoff but they were getting tired of seeing certain things happen. Mm-hmm. Split national. Yeah. Yeah. They were getting tired of certain things happening. So, but they, but a playoff wasn't the solution, but they weren't offering a solution. It, mm-hmm. felt, it felt like a, you know, the getting the runaround on something like they, well, yes, we need to fix this. Yes. Ratings are going down. This should still be America's pastime. This is the best sport ever, mm-hmm. but there's no, they're not offering a solution. They just hate where things are going. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think like uh, they, there's been a couple like controversial moments, but like I think it is something that they'll get used that players will get used to either in spring training or if they go to the World Baseball Classic, which I believe is going to have it as well. And uh, as soon as they get those cleaned up, I think it's going to be great for the your opinion on the pitch clock, man. Mm, not really. I mean, I I don't like that Dominic can end a game like that's a little ridiculous. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, it should like things should be sped up. 
And I think maybe a maybe a little bit dumb of foam common sense might dumb be added. Like maybe a corollary for that would be give them an extra five seconds for each man on base. Right. Yeah. 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 Get your I, there. There are there's still things are ironing. I haven't yeah. watched enough spring training yet to, to figure out what exactly the bad things are. I, I just know we saw like there was like an Indian, I think it was Cleveland or not the Indians. Whoa. Uh, Guardians, Guardians uh, guy who uh, I believe was called out strike three in the bottom of the ninth or something like it that. Was, it but was the Braves. It was the Braves. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the, this feel, really it feels good. like it feels like when they implemented instant replay, right? When they first did it it wasn't fulfilling its purpose. And there was a lot of things that needed to be talked about. And every year there's changes being made to it and adjustments. Well, I, mean, I mean, there's changes that get made in every sport um, mm-hmm. off of things like soccer is full of those things. And mm-hmm. usually it's been off the world cup that um, has um, caused it to happen. Like 82, the um, shame of Gijon, which is now the reason why every league in the world has would be possible MLS, but story. Um, almost every league has their final match of the season all played simultaneously because of the match fixing between West Germany and Germany and Austria 1990 mm-hmm. world cup, the back pass rule gets introduced and three points for a win becomes mainstream because of how teams just kept playing for draws. Like 1990, you look back at those standings, it was only two points. Yep. Yep. And even looking kind of like more recently an emphasis on diving Mm-hmm. giving a yellow card for a dive uh yeah uh, you know penalizing teams that you know introducing var things yeah. like that Penal- i mean penalizing, oh, yeah. penalizing goalkeepers who leave their line yep yeah yeah like, yeah I'm, I'm, you look at, you yeah. like you go back and look at the 1999 women's world cup um brianna scurry's famous save against china like today there's no way that that gets called like she's six yards off her line by the time the ball's kicked yeah why are keepers held to such a standard but the shot takers don't have any standards. And you're you're right. There should there should be a standard with thumb the shot taker. But there also needs to be some common sense um, with thumb the keeper as well, which there is now, but there certainly wasn't back then. Oh, I am a hundred percent on board with holding people accountable. I just say if you hold one side of the situation accountable, the other side needs to be held just as accountable. Absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. Uh, but no. So so getting back to we're talking about the evolution of sports and rules. Uh, I think Dan has a really good point. I do think the introduction of a pitch clock is a good idea. I do think that there needs to be a lot of fine-tuned adjustments made. Dan brings up a good point. If there's a runner on first, that pitcher should have a little bit of extra time to look over his shoulder. Um, if 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 bases are loaded, in all honesty, if bases are loaded, that batter should even have a couple extra seconds to get to the plate because that is a high pressure situation. Uh, maybe, maybe every third inning because it's nine innings. Maybe every third inning, there's a second added to every yeah clock, right? So like the later in the game you get, you get extra seconds. Yeah, we've been playing, you know. So maybe there's don't, like don't extend that into extra innings though. No, 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 no. Ninth inning is ninth inning. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, maybe there's like some progressional things that happen too. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's I think there's a certain way where you can introduce this pitch clock and it fits, it serves its purpose because I'm all about the spirit of the rule. Sometimes I, I, I'm a firm believer that some rules are stupid as fuck, yeah. but I am also a person who sees a stupid rule and might be able to see a spirit. Like the, that rule is there for this reason. So there's a spirit of that rule. 
The pitch clock is meant to keep these games shorter. They already did it in college football. Adrian Martinez runs out of bounds in the in the first quarter. Clock keeps running. Wasn't like that 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, to shorten the game because people didn't want to watch such long games. Baseball has to adjust. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think this probably takes five years to figure out. But I think it is a I think it is a move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And and just to clean it up, if you guys want, uh, they do add five seconds for a runner to be on. Or when a runner is on, it goes from 15 to 20. The batter always still has to be in the box within eight seconds, which was that that guy getting called out in the bottom. Dante was the Braves. Um, a pitcher can only step off the rubber twice uh, when a guy is on base. So you and that is including throws to first. So uh, if you're gonna throw a second pickoff attempt, um, the guy in first now knows that you throw over again. Mm-hmm. It's 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 totally gonna it's gonna so be maybe wild. maybe maybe after the first out like once there's one out the next batter gets an extra second you know what I mean I I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. I don't you know because I I do want to prevent the situation where it's a super high pressure scenario and the batter is you know because this the, baseball is super mental yeah I don't want to see some of the yeah. As far as like production of like a playoff baseball game goes, that's some of the best moments. If you're like a producer of a of the TV show of baseball playoffs, you're getting yeah. like the zoom in on the hitter and the pitcher and like the fan who's praying and you know. So I mean, that's gonna be completely different. But they'll have it. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's maybe maybe that only counts for the person who starts the inning. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And like, so just like you know, keeping it as soccer, are there? We have seen rules implemented. Are there any other sort of rule that you guys want to see? I I don't know how to do it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to implement this solution. But I do know there's a problem, and I do know that there's a solution that needs to be implemented. I also don't want to sound super American, <laughs> but the amount of time that the ball is actually in play. Oh, you sound super American. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh Go no ahead. no. This I'm is not, right now. I kidding. sound right now. I sound European. Yes. The amount of time, the amount of time that the ball is in play versus the amount of time that's added at the end of each half, they do not equate. You're only getting a solid 60 minutes of play, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost to the point where why don't we do 20 minute quarters? Yeah. 20 minute quarters where you actually are literal with the stop clock. So in 20 minutes, you play 15, you add five, you get a 10 minute break, five minute break, five minute break. I, I don't know. That's the part where I sound American. But I mean, there there is a lot of shithousery, a lot of wasting time. I, I, I'm sorry. I love the game. I love the sport. Nothing pisses me off more when, than when an underdog. I'm, when I'm rooting for him, it's not so bad. But when <laughs> I'm watching as a fan who's unbiased, it is miserable to watch. When that underdog is tied one to one with 20 minutes left in the match. It is just, it's not fun to watch. People tune out. Unless, the only people that watch that are fans of those two teams because anybody who's watching just for the sport, they're going to see that and they're going to click over to the other game where people are actually trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a bet, uh, whatever side of the bet you're on too. You know, if you need a goal, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like there's so much time with kicking the ball away, things like that. Yeah. But but that is also what happens when the lesser side has to do whatever it can to try to stay up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Soccer is kind of on its own as far as sports go, where that is sort of a thing where there is like so much time where you're just like trying to just maintain what's currently happening, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, even a zero zero game, if you're the major underdog, if you're a plus 800 uh, underdog, you know, Honduras 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nations yeah. League. But I mean, like, like we're like the only sport that I can think of that has anything comparable to this is college basketball um, in a conference, in a conference tournament, um, like a team might try to sit, might try to sit on a lead dumb late because they're trying to steal a bid and they just have to play like slow down to try and frustrate dumb somebody. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially in the old days, which going back to our discussion on rules changing, I mean, college basketball used to have no shot clock and the ACC tournament 1968 dumb, I believe it was the final score of one of the games was 12 to 10 between Duke and NC state. Oh, dude. Hey, because I don't mean to interrupt. Basically, I don't mean refuse inter- to play offense. I, I don't mean to interrupt your point, but I will just bring it up. It's something that Iowa high school basketball has been hated on nationally the last few years because there's no, there's still no shot clock in high school basketball, and you get some of these like these one A or whatever, you know, these like small towns, mm-hmm. and they end up they have games that end like twenty to eighteen or whatever, like twenty to six, where like a team yeah. will literally just like. Like stand. I went to one court. of those one eight schools, and our games never ended twenty to six. No, dude, I'm not making this up. You can. I know. Dude, no, 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 no. I'm not Google. saying. Google. Dot com. I'm not. This is a real thing, man. I'm not saying you're making it up. Okay, but I'm saying that it's a real thing. You can literally look it up right now. I'm just saying that it. for three years I went to high school, one of those small schools, and I didn't see that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. The I'm scores were low. Like a, huh? They, they were low scores, like 38, 42. Not fun to watch, but, but that could be a, that could be a, a that could be a good enough game. But what I was saying is that like because there is no shot clock, like it needs to be like you know I mean a team can if if a team doesn't come out and defend, you can just literally stand over half court and not dribble the ball or anything. Mm-hmm. There's as long as you're not within like two or three feet or whatever the five second rule is, right? You never have to take a shot, and it happens, and it's been criticized. And that is like a college basketball rule that has been changed, has made the game better. I think yeah. I think. I think in college football, a good good comparison would be the faking injuries um, on defense against spread mm-hmm. tempo spread offenses, right? right. I, like a team that has a lead going against, you know, let's say it's Wisconsin, Oregon, and Wisconsin has a two touchdown lead, and Oregon has got one or two first downs. All of a sudden, their defenders start dropping like flies. Yeah, you're right. Iowa did implement a shot clock this year. Hmm. Okay. I guess they got tired of being on national news, national sports news, and Twitter and shit for having like ridiculously low scoring. No, our the, the high school where I went because Lamar Lamar's is a small town. Um, we were also playing against all the Dutch kids, so you know, like the the, the games that we were playing against were usually against pretty competitive schools, and you knew you had to score more points. So we never had like a twenty to. 16 type game but there were games that i went to where a team scored 20 it's just the other team scored 48 mm-hmm. you know what i mean and then when the playoffs came it didn't ever happen in the playoffs but i i'm sure i'm sure you get to you know northeast iowa where there's not as many people or especially southwest iowa where there's not as many people i'm sure some of that's the ugliest basketball you've ever watched oh for sure. yeah <sighs> but no i think i think uh I do think that there is something to fix in soccer when it comes to the amount of minutes played versus the amount of minutes not played. I don't know what the solution is, but I do think, I do think European soccer in general does see 
the United States as this media market that they ideally do want to tap into. And I think I think La Liga has an automatic tap in point with language barrier, right, in certain countries. But I think Europe as a whole doesn't have an automatic tap in point. And none of them have an automatic tap in point with the United States. And so I, I do think that eventually the United States influence will have a factor. But there is something to be said that, you know, when a game ends in a one nothing upset in the last 30 minutes was a total rock fight and it just wasn't fun to watch, that something needs to change. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it has been kicked around like a, by FIFA, at least like a, changing it to 60, 60 minute halves and. Uh, anytime the ball goes out of play, the clock stops. I think uh, you could do something like that, or, or dude, I really like that. Or <laughs> that's super American, but like you would get blowback, but it would probably make it better too. I think another one would be as soon as the ball stops, um, another clock maybe starts on your broadcast. You can see how much time is the ball is actually out of play. I like the thing that they were doing in the World Cup uh, this summer, <laughs> this winter. <laughs> uh, where they did mention like time of possession, but then also put in a third category of like ball not in possession, whatever that could mean, which would mean anything from like the ball just being straight up in the air or sitting on the ground or being out of bounds. But okay, so here's my thought, right? So I I lean more towards the idea of allowing the game to be less than 90 minutes necessarily yeah. than holding it to an, a rigid 90-minute mark. And the only reason I say that is because all of these clubs that want to form this Super League are playing in so many matches. Soccer goes, what, 10 months out of the year? Well, <laughs> I mean, really, 12 months. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a great player, if you're a premier player, uh, let's see, what would be a, say, say a Neymar, right? A, ne- a Neymar is playing 12 months out of the year. Maybe he gets a month off total, right? So... Is the answer really keeping it specifically at 90 minutes or is the answer going to a 60 minute half with the stop with, with stopping the clock? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's an interesting argument, but that could be a tough sell. It, that's where I do sound American. But I, I, sure. I also think though, that if you, if you did it that way, if you did 60 minute halves and you stop the clock every time that the ball's not in play, I think you're going to have a higher quality match. I also think you're going to lessen the burden on the players to where they're going to give more effort for every match. Maybe. And I, I think that should be more of the goal. I, I don't necessarily think the goal is to be, you know, and this comes back to that purist talking point that we had. I don't necessarily think being a 90-minute purist is the best solution. If we want to keep playing in all of these tournaments, if we want to add a conference league, if we want to add Nations League, if we want to add all these games into the schedule and create all the schedule congestion, Maybe it needs to be less than 90 minutes. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting going forward. You know, there's like a concussion thing too that you can make a, a point about, like uh, less times heading the ball, which uh, it's been proven scientifically that heading the ball does kind of create sort of the same CTE effects as American football. Like obviously not the same as getting drilled in the head with a helmet, but like um, it does have some effects as well with the neck snapping back, playing less time. Playing on artificial Playing on American artificial turf, turf in itself creates problems. Breathing in those pebbles, that's been something that's been studied too. Right. Maybe the MLS is the one to do it. Unlikely. Unlikely. <laughs> the fucking uh, shootout style penalties oh, didn't take off. The hockey style penalties never took off. 
Even though they were fun in the last, I'm assuming. Well, I don't think hey, they watched the live one. I'll put it like this. If they start creating all of these tournaments between CONCACAF and Comable, and the MLS finally just goes, hey, you know what? If we're going to have all these matches, then we're going to make the change that we think everybody else should make. I'm not going to chastise them for it. Nobody yeah. will see it anyway. No, they won't see it that way. They'll, they'll see it as no, American. Said, nobody will see it anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of which, so the CBS sports crew, you know, Tier Henry, Micah Richards, and uh, what, Jimmy Kerrigan, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Those three. Did you see the, the bit where they asked him to name three MLS teams? I mean, Henri no, 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 no. named he three freaking teams. He, he didn't was a even coach speak. at Montreal. He, did, he didn't speak. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He, was, he also played for played. Um, <laughs> the Red Bulls. Oh, that's another thing. We have never brought his name up as U.S. manager, have we? No. Uh, I, don't think so. I believe somebody else. Um, somebody did, and then they talked about it. But we haven't. No, I pass on him. You pass on him? Yeah, I hard pass at this point. Pass. I don't hard pass. I think it's better than Burhalter, but You think it? That's a that's not a great argument. I don't want to. I don't want to get your blood pressure risen again. But oh, you've been ornery as fuck. You already got my blood pressure up, dude. You're you're he's better than Burhalter. I say I pass. He's <laughs> he's better than Burhalter. Give me <laughs> give me something a little more than that. But, but like, back, back to the bit. It was between it was between Micah and Jamie, and and they both said New York Red Bull simultaneously, and then Micah said uh, the two LA teams, and then <laughs> Jamie comes back and says. Real Salt Lake City, <laughs> and then and then he tries to say Red Bull New York again, and they can't say a third team. And then Tierra Henry's just like this, <laughs> just head in his hand. <laughs> I'd be dying laughing. Sounds about right. Yeah. So when Dan says nobody's gonna see it, he's absolutely right. Nobody's gonna see it. Uh, Apple TV, dude. I'm paying for it. Ted Lasso's coming out this month. Yeah, I'm game for that, but I'm not. I'm not game for MLS season pass. No blackouts. No access. <laughs> I'll put it this way, man. I don't know how desperate I'll be once uh, the end of May comes around, beginning of June. I might be I might be pretty desperate. I might just pay for it and start watching. I'm t- I'll just watch the USL. Yeah. USL and the NWSL will be happening that time. Yeah, we get Women's World Cup, Under-17 World Cup, Under-20 World Cup. When is, wait a minute. Women's World Cup um, – when what time of year is that taking place? Okay, July. July, but it'll be like overnight. You have to like because it's in New Zealand. I think New Zealand and Australia are co-hosting. Yes. Wait, how are they going to do it in New Zealand? It's like underwater right now. Um, water goes down. Very carefully, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Oh, sorry. I just I had seen something. They're completely underwater, like the most catastrophic floods anybody's ever seen. Type stuff. Um. But no, shoot, can we can we talk about the one thing that I, the one American that I did want to talk about this week? Absolutely. Sure. So I'm not going to go on my spiel first. I'm going to ask Thomas what he thinks. How do you think Tim Ream has been playing in the Premier League? Um, he's been good, solid. I like watching him right next to Anthony Jedi Robinson, uh, team captain. I really don't. I I wish I didn't look it up. I don't. You guys don't. Dan doesn't have to look it up. It's like I wonder how many captain's armband an American has ever worn in the Premier League. I don't care if they're a relegation level team or a team that's in the top 10, like Fulham is uh, still really impressive, you know? Uh, yeah, we used to hate on him, getting harder and harder to hate on him. <laughs> he's getting older and older, though. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's, like, maybe looking at maybe, maybe, maybe too old, actually, for the next World Cup. Probably actually way too old. It'd be about 36 or 36, pretty old in terms. 
I think you, you probably take him on just kind of like a player's coach. And uh, yeah, he's had a great season. Fulham's been impressive as well. Do you have any, do you have any takes on him, Dan? No, I mean, Thomas basically covered it. Um, like Fulham's having a great season and he's been a big part of that. Yeah. So he, my thought is this, I, I, I don't think when a, when a team overachieves and it doesn't even, and I'm not talking Leicester style overachieving either. Just Fulham going from the championship to being in the top 10. That's overachieving. Sometimes I feel like those teams get overlooked. And I think a big part of why Fulham's in the position they're in is because of how many goals they're not giving up. And I think a big part of that has to do with Tim Ring. I think he's playing top, top end center back in the Premier League. I don't think he's the best. I don't think he's playing the best. But I think if you were... I think if you were power ranking all the players at all the positions in Premier League and you were doing a fantasy draft and you were trying to get a value pick at center back for your second center back, I think Tim Ream's the guy that you take. In all honesty, I think I think if I'm doing a power ranking fantasy draft out of the Premier, Tim Ream ends up on my team every single time. I absolutely love the way that he's playing. Uh, one of the big criticisms on him, especially with the national team, you know, two years ago and a year ago, was that he was too slow to cover an open space couldn't recover well enough, would get burnt by people that were were speedy, and he wasn't good enough at playing out of the back. And I shit you not, all four of those things have been strengths since Christmas. Like, yep. he's been doing all of those things really, really well. Like, he does not look like a 34-year-old American playing center back in the Premier League at all. And, right. and, and, and now, and Thomas brought up a really good point too, which is why I want to talk about him. I don't know how many Americans have worn captain's armbands in the Premier League. I don't know. I do know that Fulham has been very good for the United States when it comes to buying players from the United States and putting them on their side and letting them flourish in England. Mm -hmm. And I think Tim Ream, the second half of this season, has played himself into a position where he's one of the better Americans to ever play for Fulham. Yeah, you're right. At At this point, his current form, and right now for Fulham with American players, it is Tim Ream's current form and Clint Dempsey's form in that season where he scored all those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Those are the two best Americans to ever play for Fulham. And, and, and the more weeks that go by and the more minutes Tim Ream plays, the closer and closer he gets to that type of standard. I think I just, I think it's, I don't care how long it took him to get there. And Thomas is right. Probably going to be too old, but you know what? I'd rather have a too old Tim Ream as a player coach, then sorry, Dan, but give me that over Jordan Mo- Morris and, and Christian Roldan <laughs> from the last cycle. Like I'd rather no have with that. I, I know it's just picking on <laughs> what, picking when on you top. when you said when you said sorry, Dan. Um, give me that over Jordan. I honestly thought the next word out of your mouth was going to be people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was it meant because because the the Seattle guys were meant to be player coaches. Yeah, right. But I'd rather have a Tim Ream who succeeded at the highest level. I would too. I, I don't know. I just I think his age, the club he's at, and how much that club is overachieving and how much he's overachieving. I, I really think more people need to be giving them golf claps and just being like, dude, whoa, wherever this came from, good on you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh Tim Ream, born in St. Louis, Missouri, October 7th, 1980. So it'd be interesting to see if like uh maybe maybe even, even at the end of this year. I mean, I, I think I think you give him one more year in Premier League and then Maybe he joins uh, St. Louis City. If he's getting serious moment or minutes, <laughs> uh, then maybe he does make the squad. You know? I believe, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Brazilian dude. Uh, what the frick's his name? 
He's like 38 years old. He's still playing serious minutes. We kept, we kept having DeMarco no, 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 no. make it every, like every <laughs> cycle. Landon and Donovan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Big shout out to Tim Ream. And he yep. was He's earned it. Yeah. I just anytime anytime I see an American doing the type of shit he's doing in England, I'm I we gotta praise it. We gotta give it its proper credit because that 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 just shows and it also my head can't get around this idea. In history, our best position has always been center back. That's that's the frame and athletic skill set that we grow on trees here. Like it's 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 the thing where you can throw a baseball in any direction and find somebody that has a frame and athletic ability to play that position and the toughness to play that position. It's something that we've just always had is good center backs. Mm -hmm. And so why we haven't produced an abundance of center backs into the premier league blows my mind at times. Agreed. So maybe, maybe, maybe this is maybe this, maybe Tim Ream's the guy that breaks the dam. It'd be nice. Absolutely. I don't know. I'll get off my soapbox now. I mean, uh, if you're ready to get off of that, which isn't a soapbox because I believe anybody that's listening to the show is probably 100% in agreement with you since we do love our Americans and uh, Tim Ream has been outstanding this year. I was like uh, furiously looking up like foot mob ratings and stuff like that. But I mean, like every single one has like uh, TAA, what's his name? Trent Alexander Arnold as like the highest rated right back in the Premier League this year. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw all of those ratings out the window Dude, because and that, he's yeah, trash. That, that's exactly what I mean. Like they're probably if you go look at center backs, they're gonna have uh Van Deek way above him. Yeah. But he hasn't played way above him. No, absolutely not. You're you're hundred percent right on that. I, I, I bet you I bet I don't know the I don't know the number, but I bet you Liverpool's conceded more goals than Fulham. Unlikely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um I mean on the year. Liverpool twenty eight conceded, Fulham thirty one. Oh, so close! So yeah, close. but Fulham has also played one more match. Oh, oh, and Liverpool plays Man United, which is probably going to end up three to nothing. Maybe possible. So we could be sitting on an even. Yeah, yeah, that alone, that alone though. But here's the thing: even even if let's say even if Liverpool only gives up one goal and Fulham has given up two more goals, I still think it's more impressive that Fulham has only conceded two more goals than Liverpool at this point in the season, considering Fulham was in the championship. Of course it is. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And and when I say that I think certain teams don't get the credit they deserve, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Fulham is going to be hard-pressed to finish uh, in European competition, but even if they don't, I think you've got to applaud them for that. Dude, even if they – All year – even if they just hold serve the rest of the season, you, I like that's honestly outside of maybe Newcastle and you could probably argue Arsenal. I would put them right there with those three as most impressive for what they did with what they did last year. Mm-hmm. Newcastle's been slipping. Fulham's been kind of holding serve, I think. Yeah. I, I got a, I got a weird suspicion that Fulham's going to start getting heavy legs though, because they're making it pretty deep into English tournaments. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get into our picks of the week? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right, I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. Uh, I have so I'm gonna do four straight plays, and then I'm gonna try something to see if it works. I'll have four straight line plays, and then I will do a weekend parlay where I take one match on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and parlay all three. So my first one will be from Saturday. It'll be Manchester City and Newcastle, both teams to score at minus one. I'm good. 
Um, I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to go to my second play first uh, and then go back. Uh, since we were just talking about Fulham, I'm going to run it back to what I said last week. All 39 of their points have been against non-top five teams. Um, they got another draw last week. Uh, they're on the road to Brentford uh, this week, I believe, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. It's, is it Monday? Monday. It's Monday. <laughs> Almost. Okay. Uh, they're, a part of my, they're a part of my weekend parlay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can get uh, their, their money line right now is plus 260 on the road if you really want to get risky. But, I mean, uh, double chance, a little bit of juice, minus 130. Draw or, or draw or win, you know. I brought up their record last week. It was 11, 5, and 1. So that means they're now 11, 6, and 1 versus non-top five teams. So I think they keep it rolling, at least get a draw. If you really want to get risky, play that money line. Pull them on the road, but they can be reference or draw. We, we, hey, we <laughs> are trying. That's in my weekend parlay, and we are able to thread a very big needle. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So for my first play, I'm going to go Napoli to win and over one and a half goals from Napoli at plus 195. And scoring is just what Napoli does. Like they're past the. 10 matches now they've managed to put home at least two goals and they've come, they've come out a winner in almost all of them. They've, they've only been beaten once in that stretch. So, and that, and that was an Italian cup ball match where they lost on penalties. So you look at their own past several matches in Serie A, two and over Sampdoria, five, one over Juventus, two new um, Salernitana, two, one Roma, three nil Cremonese, three nil Spezia, 2-0 Sassuolo, 2-0 Empoli. So Napoli score at least two goals in the win, getting plus 195 for that. I think that's – and they're at home against Lazio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lazio likes to give up goals. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, them. Napoli scored 31 goals in their um, home matches this season. So, yeah, I feel pretty good. I mean, Napoli's just on a tear. Uh, what's it? How do you say his name? O- Osani, right? Nigerian. Nigerian struggle. Dude, hey, hey, here, real quick here, something we haven't talked about. I've wanted to say this for a little bit. If Nigeria doesn't make the next World Cup, it is a crying shame. This kid is amazing. This kid yeah. is incredible. And they should since they're going to get like 14 bids. Well, that's what I mean. Like with 48 teams, there's no reason Nigeria shouldn't make it, but this kid is incredible. There's no yeah. reason Nigeria shouldn't make it. There's no reason um, Norway and Holland shouldn't make it. And yeah. Heck, we might oh, even hey. get we might even get a Georgia sighting in Nom Kaverit Skelia. Wait, Dan just made my argument for me. <laughs> what? Get all the stars at the World Cup. It's better. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm I'm claiming credit for for that one for a while with Nom Kaverit Skelia. Oh no 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 that that you're totally good on. I've just been saying that I think it'd be more fun with more teams, and, I, and we've missed out on a lot of superstars. We have times because yeah. of the limited format but yeah oh i did napoli uh dude napoli is on a tear i mean what yeah. are they 12 points up on the next place team something like that something close to that 10 or 12 napoli it, is 14 points clear of inter yeah yeah the only no, thing no wait, I, no wait i was looking at goals scored napoli is 18 clear okay 18 the only thing yeah. that makes me nervous is is a mobile still on lazio i think he is um he he's that like super streaky guy. He could score two goals in a match, but I still think Napoli outscores him. Yeah, that that to me could be an over. It could, it could, or or both teams to score. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. It's either gonna be it's either gonna be like 
four to one, four to two, or it's going to be two nothing. <laughs> yeah. And there's no in between. Yeah, and I mean, if you're if you're just trying to go safe there, Napoli to score two goals is minus zero. Just take the small just there. Yep, I got to play like that too. Um, all right, so my next play, I'm gonna go. I I am changing up my strategy when betting on a certain team. I'm gonna take Brighton West Ham over two and a half at minus one ten. Brighton has been good to score goals. West Ham has been good to give up goals. West Ham has been inconsistent at scoring goals, but I think against Brighton they can get one in over two and a half minus one ten. I'll take it. Seems like a yeah, it's a great pick. Uh, there's another fun fact with West Ham in that one. They've never beaten Brighton in Premier League play. Uh, I think Brighton is like minus one twenty one minus one twenty five or something. That could be another look. I'm not going to play that, but uh, uh, I'm going back to Friday. Uh, There's an automatic fade in Liga Mekis and La Clasura Mazatlan. They continue to suck terribly. They have one point in all eight of their matches, uh, minus 13 goal differential. They're hosting Cruz Azul on Friday night. Um, Cruz Azul actually only had one point after five matches, but now have uh, 10 points. They've won three straight games. Uh, and uh, you can still find, for whatever reason, Cruz Azul at plus 105. On, uh, so I'm going to play that. Um, basically just fading Mazatlan until it comes back. Fair enough. All right. So for my next play, we're, go- we're coming back home to the Iron Fortress, and we need a big result. So I am going to go with Union Berlin to win to nil against Cologne. Because Cologne has just been nothing short of horrendous on the road as of late like you look back at um their at their uh, most recent um, matches away five no loss to mines two no loss to freiburg two no loss to erta scoreless draw at schalke three no loss to stuttgart the only match in there where they managed to get either a point or a goal where they somehow got where they managed to get a point and a goal they somehow got both at bayern which figure that one out but <laughs> Other than that, they've been terrible on the road, and we've been outstanding at home. So, Union to Windanil plus one ninety five. And they didn't play a midweek match, did they? No, we did not. Okay. No. And, and they're going to be feisty. So, yeah. God, I hope so. And uh, it's a great pick. And then for like another thing, yeah, I'm uh, adding that to my card. We didn't uh, we didn't bring it up, uh, but I mean the draw for the Europa League for Union, you got to be happy about that. They drew another Union. Son. Yes, we we're Saint, very familiar with them now. Do you know how to say this name? Saint Julius. I mean, I don't. I don't know. If, like, <laughs> I should remember how to say the name, considering we, we played them twice. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy easy time I mean, for sure. But I mean, as far the draw could have been so. Worse. Oh, it could have been so much worse. Yes. Right. I love that draw for them. We've we've got we've got a chance. We've got a chance. Both. Yeah. It's going to be. It's probably going to be low scoring again. Both our matches against them finished 1-0 to the home team. Yep, yep. <clears throat> that's right. We have to look forward to that. That uh, yeah. The second legs of uh, Champions League next week, midweek, and then round 16 kicks off Thursday for Europa League right. and Conference League. All right, so my next play, I'm going Chelsea at home against Leeds. I'm saying Rock Fight, under 2.5, minus 105. Nice, okay. Weirdly enough, <laughs> over 2.5 was like minus 115. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have that same matchup in uh, my next play, and it doesn't. Uh, 
It does not uh, contradict your play at all. Uh, I'll just go into some of the things that I read up on. Uh, Leeds has three goals in their last six matches in Premier League play. Chelsea has three goals in their last 10 matches, uh, all, all competitions. Chelsea has gone seven out of eight, no goal in the first half. Leeds has gone six out of seven, no goal in the first half. So my play, <laughs> it's like it takes so much more than what Corey's is. Corey's is probably way better because like a million things have to happen. <laughs> Chelsea double chance in the first half, plus Chelsea win to nil, full match at plus 155. So you're expecting a one nothing game where they score the goal in the second half? Yeah, something like that. One or Yeah, maybe they get one or two. At the most. In the I, honestly, what's the odds on the one nothing, two nothing, three nothing? I didn't. I didn't look that one up. Do you want to look it up real quick? I mean, yeah, I'm I'm pulled up on there now, but we'll we'll go to Dan. But I I maybe I mean, does that fit your? Yeah. Does that yeah, fit? I'm just looking for the Chelsea at least to be draw at half, and then I'm saying Leeds will not score. I've I've I think I've watched every single Leeds game since New York. They struggle to score so so that's rough. It's rough to. Yeah, I'll, I'll look this up. I'll look this up because if this fits your like, I, I I get what you're doing, and maybe maybe this maybe this helps. But mm-hmm. Dan, what's your next play? All right, so I'm gonna go with uh, Leicester to um, win money line against Southampton because Southampton has just been straight up wretched at St Mary's this year. I mean, they've lost five in a row at home and. Leicester always plays well on this some um, fixture. The the past five meetings um that the teams have had on Southampton's some um, soil, Leicester's come away with at least a point. So I think that this could be a pretty solid dome um, scoring day for Leicester. Southampton doesn't really stop anybody at home. They have one clean sheet in their past 17 matches at St. Mary's. So Leicester should be pretty good value and at plus 160 to just take them to win. I think that that's the way to play this. Yeah, Southampton at St. Mary's just lost to Grimsby Town. <laughs> League League One, League One, I believe. Grimsby in League One now? League Two, maybe they I might be they're League, League two. two. Yeah, they're they're, they're League, League Two. two. So, I mean, they just they literally just got bounced out of the FA Cup by League Two. Oh, Grimsby. <laughs> God, that was a nervous that was a nervous day. Gr- Grimsby was the side Bristol Rovers faced in the um playoff match um at Wembley to get out of the conference. Oh my! And we ended up winning on a penalty shootout. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I'm just to just go back to your Southampton point. That's how bad they've been. I mean, they lost yep. midweek to League Two, League Two squad. Yep. All right. <clears throat> on MGM, one nothing, two nothing, three nothing is plus two hundred. I mean, yeah, that's better odds than mine. I, I just it, it fit it fit the more because that's what you're thinking, right? Zero zero at halftime, and then one nothing, maybe two nothing second half. Yeah, or it could be one nothing at half. I just don't need leads to score, but yeah, that one zero two zero three zero is actually yeah, it's better, better odds. Love it. All right, and then my last, my last straight play is we're going with a big rivalry match, and usually lately, lately I have not been doing this. Lately, I have been taking big Premier League rivalry matches and going with unders on them. I am kind of reversing on this. I'm going to take Manchester United to score more than one goal against Liverpool at plus 115. I have no idea why the idea of them scoring two against Liverpool is plus 115. Liverpool's defense has not been great. Um and this and the, and when I when you look up the previous matches up until this year for the last 3 years Manchester United has been underachieving 
and Liverpool would just mop the floor with them. Three nothing, four nothing, five nothing, just wreck them. Now, when Manchester United wins, it's usually both teams to score hits, but that kind of helps me here. When Man U wins this matchup, both teams score, so that means they haven't scored two goals. So Manchester United over one and a half goals, plus 115. Yeah, solid. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, my uh, last EPL play uh, is going to be Aston Villa hosting Crystal Palace. Aston Villa has been a... Uh, Impressive side to me. Uh, they had that uh, that stigma for a long time that they couldn't on the road. Uh, not that this, that matters. Uh, they have been doing better on the road. Uh, Palace, also a pretty interesting side in the Premier League. They're they're tough and uh, they they're really physical and they they kind of just try to play to a zero zero kind of look. Uh, uh, so um, I got uh, two different looks at it. Uh, the the Villa double chance uh, with. Um, both teams not to score is plus 130. Um, if you want to get a little bit more risky, go ahead and play the Villa to win the nil at plus 205. Uh, we're on opposite sides of this one. Here we go. Yeah, my next play was actually going to be Villa and Crystal Palace, both teams to score at plus 102. Because <laughs> seven of the past eight matches at Villa Park, both teams have found the net. And Palace saw them for their past six. Both sides have found the net. I'm, I'm thinking that there's going to be goals here. If I had to be the tiebreaker, my heart is telling me goals. My gut is telling me to be contrarian. Well, being contrarian is um would be goals. No, contrarian would be Thomas. Contrarian on this one would be tough to be since there's both sides of the yeah. But I don't know no, what it would be. I, I I I honestly stayed away from that. If if I there was I think I think when I saw that one, I think my initial gut reaction was take both teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of based mine on just watching. I believe they played Liverpool last week. But both of those sides are super streaky. Like that's a matchup I wanted to stay away from. Right. Um. All right. So I have one more play left. It's the weekend parlay. It takes a matchup from Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Parlays them together. Um. So on this one, Saturday, I'm taking Arsenal money line against Bournemouth at minus four twenty five. Super juiced. Um. I'm parlaying that with on Sunday. Forest and Everton under two and a half at minus 190. And then I'm parlaying that with Brentford and Fulham, both teams a score, <clears throat> which is where me and Thomas could both hit our Fulham bet really easily. So, but when you put uh, the, the Everton Forest under two and a half is minus 190. Brentford, Fulham, both teams a score is minus 140. When you parlay them all together, it's plus 223. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. My last one, I'm going back to Liam uh Sunday night. Uh, I'm going to look at uh, Querétaro hosting Toluca. Toluca has been one of the best teams in Acrasura uh, so far. Querétaro, since their sanctions from their ridiculous actions at their stadium, have been an absolute shit team. Um, um, and the other part of this match is that the last six between the two have included a both teams to score. So I'm going to play both teams to score. Uh, yes, uh, plus the Toluca double chance at plus 108. They are the road team, um, so there is a chance that they could tie, but I don't think they lose. I think both teams score the one or more. All right. Then my last play is going to be Borussia Dortmund to win and both teams to score against Airbay Leipzig at plus 285. And Dortmund is just on fire, right? They've won every match that they've played since the calendar turned over to 2023 Leipzig's a good attacking side they've managed to score in eight of their past nine away from home and these teams tend to put balls in the net against each other so I think um, 
both sides are going to be going all out to try and get to get the three points. Dortmund's at home. Dortmund's in the stronger form. I think they end up taking it, but they do concede in the process. Yeah, I think that this betting line right here brings up a good talking point. You brought something up about how they changed a win from two points to three points. I almost think changing it from three points to four points would get an even stronger effect. Um, but I do think you're right. That Leipzig side with with Nkuku and, and Werner, that's a good offense. It is. And somehow, some way, Dortmund has kept their ha- hands on Jude Bellingham. I don't know how, but I don't. I honestly don't see that staying true until the end of the summer. I think by the end of the summer, he's somewhere else. Right. But Dortmund is a team on fire, and that's with or without Reyna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're outstanding. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when Reyna plays, he scores goals. When he doesn't, they still score goals. Like yeah. it, it doesn't matter if he plays or not. Yeah, Leipzig has had their same project uh, trajectory that they seem to have been falling in love with, where they start slow and been really good. So that's going to be a great matchup this afternoon. Yeah, that could be that'll really. Be, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. No, that's the like people want to watch a, you know, you want to watch quality content. That's yeah. a good match to watch. Do you want to watch? Arkansas State versus Old Dominion in college basketball, or do you want to watch two of the best teams square off? That's going to be your option. I was going to say, uh, I was going to say, be, I was going to say UCLA versus Oregon college football, but yeah, I'll be I'll be watching um a bunch of NFL draft hopefuls um tell me what they want um teams to know about them. <laughs> nice. Wait, Very what nice. positions do you got tomorrow? Um, let me take a quick look. Um, I think it's um I think it's mostly wide receivers tomorrow. So Trey Palmer, um, very possible. I mean, um, would I mean it depends on who on who um we think the Steelers are most likely to take. The Steelers could totally take Trey Palmer. They could. Uh, well, because the Steelers are really good at drafting wide receivers in general, and Trey Palmer is a second to third round projection who was one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. So this actually like this actually really really fits. This is a guy you could actually talk to. Um. If you do get a chance to ask Trey Palmer anything, ask him what his favorite thing about playing for Nebraska was, and then ask him what he thinks is the best aspect of his game. Okay. The Trey Palmer is in the second group um, tomorrow. Be talking um, at podium number six. So, yeah, tom- yeah, tomorrow looks like it's um, quarterbacks and wide receivers for most of the day, and then there's one set in there where it's tight ends. Yeah, no, Trey Palmer is a legitimate opportunity for the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, we're sure as hell not going to be talking to any of the quarterbacks who are going at the same time as him. Well, Andy, he's he's kind of underrated going into the draft, but he produced. Yeah, which which is Steelers' calling card. So mm-hmm. th- that actually would be a guy for you if you're trying to cover the Steelers. That that's a guy you'd want to talk to. Yeah, I mean, it's my it's myself and um three other guys. So I'm with the who um work with the site um that I'm freelancing for here. So it'll. The first question should be, "What do you think your biggest strengths in your game are?" Just yeah, I mean that's how that's how it is for most of the um, prospects. And then, what's your best memory of playing in college at Nebraska? All right, well, I can probably I can probably get those two questions in if um, I'm assigned to talk to them. That'd be cool as fuck. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see who I end up talking to at eight twenty in the morning tomorrow. (laughs) All right, I know Thomas wants to get out of here. He needs to go home. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. So much trade Palmer question. <laughs> oh, for two minutes. We ask are... him, do you know Corey in South Sioux City? Yeah. Okay, I will not be saying that. <laughs> do you know Corey in South Sioux City? He's probably DM'd you. 
throughout your. Hey college. Trey Palmer, do you know when <laughs> Iowa baseball started giving out scholarships? Oh dear. Oh god. All right. We'll, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>